0: Hi, and welcome to the In the Cortex podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Paloma Garcia. And I am Danny Perricone. And we're the founders of In the Cortex, an online community with programs that show people the tools that they need to change their lives through brain reorganization. No medication, just movement.
1: When you get your brain out of survival mode and regulate your nervous system, you start to live in the fun, logical part of the brain the cortex subscribe today and learn how to live your best in the cortex life and now on to today's episode
0: Hi, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Today, we have an extra special episode for you. This is a collaboration that we did with Christiana Dykman from APA, the Association for Pre- and Perinatal Psychology and Health, and Carlton Terry, who is a world-renowned baby therapist and author. This is such an amazing conversation. And it's coming up right before their Birth Psychology Month, which is going to take place in March. So if you want some more information, please go to birthpsychology.com, and please listen to this amazing episode. We know that you're going to get some really great insight from it. Thanks.
2: Oh my gosh. Welcome. This is great. I have some really, some of my favorite people today, and I'm going to introduce you all. um, And then we're going to get started with our topic, which we were just flowing on before we hit record on this, which is about how having a happy kid or happy kids is a happy family. And I know there's always the saying that it's, mommy's happy, everyone's happy. So now you realize there's this symbiotic relationship that's happening. And here I am today with Carlton Terry, who has been working in and around the pre and perinatal sciences for 30 years plus Carlton. (laughs) Forever. It's true. And you, you specialize in, I want to say like decoding babies like you're you've worked with some of the top psychologists Um, you've trained with a number of people who have been in the pre and perinatal psychology world and you you really know how to read the cues of babies and you've learned how their journey that has brought them here to life um, has all sorts of pit stops or stations along the way. Like they live a whole universe before they're even born. And Yeah,
3: they do. It, it's
2: And it's so important because now we're here with Danny Perricone and Paloma Garcia. And these two lovely gals are the leaders in this amazing movement, right? With neurosequential development, which is a big word. And they call <laughs> it in the cortex, their company. And you help- parents and families um basically reorganize their brain from things that have gone on during this universe of time that's that's lapsed with with children when they are conceived and we as um as a world really are are blind or maybe we just We just haven't the layers haven't been taken off for us to see all the things that go on in in the womb space and in the family space, but yet we now know with neuroscience, epigenetics, and all sorts of psychology and somatic based therapies that um, this is the most important time of your life is the first thousand days, Mm -hmm. and we don't even see or really personally know our children at that time but yet it's the foundation so i'm i i want to give each of you time to maybe tell a little bit about yourself and how all of us got here together i i know i'm the director of education at appa which is an organization that promotes the awareness of how this time in the womb is like the most important thing for not only a child but for our world and our relationships and our social structures. And um, that's what we're gonna unpack a little bit today is how all of us help bring this awareness to the world and how we've come up with amazing techniques to really help families thrive. So I don't know who wants to take it away from here and talk a little bit.
1: I mean, I can can go go first. (laughs) (laughs) There's always that awkward. Who's going to go? I knew that was going
0: to happen. Okay, so I can go first. I'm Paloma Garcia. I'm one of the founders of In the Cortex. And the way that I came to learn about brain reorganization was actually through my brother because he had a lot of learning challenges and social challenges and just a lot of challenges when he was little. And he did a similar program, actually the program where Danny and I met in San Diego. He did that when he was about 17 years old and it completely changed his life. He went from being a person who was constantly facing challenge after challenge after challenge just all day long to being himself and being able to go to college, finish college. He lives in Australia alone. Now he has a boyfriend, he has his own company. I mean, he's just the most, anybody who meets him nowadays would never think that he ever struggled the way he did when he was younger. And so that really inspired me to start to look at this stuff and really understand what was going on with the brain because when i learned about the importance of creeping and crawling and all these different movements in that first year of life and i saw that changed my brother and then i saw it in myself i said okay there's something here this is this is going to change the world and so i had a business that i had in mexico city i closed it and i moved to san diego to be danny's intern in 2014 i think 13 maybe long time ago Right? Maybe. I don't know. But we'd already known each other for a while and i had already been studying it for a bit. And long story short, I worked with Danny for a long time. Then we both went our separate ways for a while. I lived in New York. I lived in Barcelona. And then we came back to do In the Cortex together. And so now here we have it. We have a, a program that guides people through those movements that they might've missed in that first year of life. Because the truth is that the brain is so powerful that it can reconnect the way that it's connected at any age, through any experience that we have. That's neuroplasticity, that's the power that it has. And so what we wanna do is just help people understand that they have the power. We each have the power to change our brains and to make our brain more efficient and just our lives happier and not have to try as hard as, we maybe have had to be trying our whole lives, right? It's it's really a lot easier, and like you said, Christiana, one of our biggest passions is sharing this information, and and sharing also that while you, you may not have gotten that stuff in the in the womb or in that first year, two years, three years of life, even if you're what's how old is our nine our our, our oldest uh, member 90? 90, even yeah. if you're ninety years old, you can still get on the floor and crawl and finish that development and truly give your brain the neurological foundation that it's been craving your whole life. And that's what we're all about. I also have a master's in neurodevelopmental disorders and another one neurological rehabilitation. So that's kind of added on to what we have been doing for for all this time.
2: Oh, oh my gosh, this is I'm so excited to hear from you too, Danny, because I I discovered this outside of the two of you, but now some of my clients I've referred to you because it's just such a foundational program that you can do that supports the type of somatic based therapies that I offer in my practice, which is cranial sacral therapy and different, different um, aspects of this pre and perinatal education, which Carlton's going to unpack because we're like, wait a second, healing happens in the now. And ultimately Mm -hmm. our goals are all like, we really would love for people to have this knowledge before they even, you know, think of becoming a family. But in the world that we live in, we have so much to uncover just from ourselves and where we've come from. So I love this program, how it it's any age at any time, and how does it connect to your birth? I know Carlton's going to unpack that a little bit here in a minute of how and why you get to this point because of the birth. And you're talking about crawling and creeping, which I know some of the people on this call may be like, wait, what, how does crawling have to do with how I think or act right now? So maybe Danny, you can tell yeah. us a little bit about how, who you are, how you came to it. And why does crawling tie into this?
1: <laughs> Definitely, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having us. And so I'm Danny. I'm the other half of in the cortex. I have been doing this work for now, 14 years. I got into it similarly because my brother also was very, very challenged. He was labeled with so many different things. My parents went through every avenue they possibly could. 40 or 30 years ago, trying to figure out how to help him not be so angry. He was just a very angry child. And they just couldn't, they, you know, went through everything. My mom stumbled across Paul Dennison, who is the founder of Brain Gym. And to be clear, Pullum and I are not the founders of these movements and practical modalities. We have just been trained in them and we've put it together into a program to make it accessible and affordable for anyone. That's That was always our big thing was making it so it's accessible and something that everyone can do around the world yes so um my mom learned about brain gym and then she turned me on to brain reorganization and when she told me about i was like mom you're absolutely nuts like there's no way you can get on the floor (laughs) and crawl like a baby and then your life gets easier so i did not buy in for a while (laughs) until i actually lived um in ecuador and i was living after i graduated college i was a division one athlete And I was just a hot mess, literally running across the campus, always late, never could keep anything organized, just always felt like I was just reacting to life. And I was the Danimal in college. Like I was really thought I was out there to end people's lives versus just play a sport, right? It was just really distorted in my mind. So I was like, always like, oh yeah, movements, I can do it. So anyways, once I graduated college, moved to another country. I still came back and I was like, what am I doing with my life? And then I found ABA therapy and I was like, this doesn't resonate with me. And I just kept searching for answers of like, what am I doing with my life? And then I finally was like, okay, mom, I'll listen to you. What's this brain organization? So I got a job working for someone. And I just ended up being the right-hand person and learned and absorbed it all. And I was like, this is me. I am a disorganized brain." And so then I put myself on the floor. And so here's the piece that you were just asking about. You put yourself into these positions. And this is what's so cool and so hopeful for everyone out there is that at any age, at any point in your life, neuroplasticity can come into effect and so you don't have to you know we always talk about those first three years and they are super critical and important but at any point in your life you can go back and you can rewrite your story and this is why we love our work because there's hope for anyone and so you put yourself in these positions and we guide you through this in our program and then we ask you to move. And the way you move literally tells us where your brain left off in development. And so many people are like, no way. Okay, wait, I'm curious. And they'll do a 30 second movement and we can say, okay, this is what your life looks like. And we can rattle off all these different signs and they're like, how did you know that about me? Because the way you move shows us what you have access to, what automatic functions are in place and what isn't in place and how your brain is processing the world. So we can say, by the way you move, if you're only moving with what we'd say 10% development, you're somebody who, if you're driving in your car and someone cuts you off, you're going to fly off the handle because you find it as a personal attack. You're like, that was a life-threatening thing that just happened to me, so now I'm going to react. So we say, well, if you do this movement enough, your brain all of a sudden wakes up and goes, oh, I know what to do. I just wasn't given the environment to do it. And then once the brain goes through the process of moving in a certain way, all of a sudden the automatic functions that weren't there come online. And now you free up your brain to be able to handle life for what it is. And so it's just this really cool thing that we all have coded within us. And what we do it in the cortex is we just show you how to find that. And it changed my life. And so once I found this work, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not a hot mess. I don't need to have anxiety. I don't need to yell and scream at everybody. (laughs) Like, that's not the real me. And so once I did these movements, I found this is how you regulate your nervous system. And now as a mom, I have two small children, a four and a seven-year-old. I could not imagine motherhood without having this because I, you know, we all have those moments in motherhood where we're like, (laughs) just listen, I asked you to do that one thing. (laughs) It's hard, right? It takes you to a level you've never experienced in life where you have people who depend on you, right? Right. And so for me, it's a must. I have to regulate my nervous system every day to be a better mom. And so that's where our work combined with what Carlton does is just fascinating because it just unlocks all these possibilities of how else you can be the best version of yourself. And that's what I think we're all striving to do is how do we feel better every day without having to work too much harder? Um, It makes a
2: lot of sense. And that's why I can feel so much energy in this call and that's why i'm gonna call in carlton who has this like settling (laughs) effect yes with all your wisdom i i have two children myself um a 13 year old and a six year old and i my 13 year old and i went through brain gym practices when she was eight because you know she and i danny were a lot like you're describing and that's when I started asking questions. I used to get so upset that I was never told this information, but one of the most empowering things I can tell every parent listening to this call or any individual is that you should always research. You should always ask questions. Don't just be handed the information that is given to us in this world and you will discover so much more and one of the joys about my life and my my youngest now is when Carlton Terry entered my life years ago. He doesn't even know this, but years ago, when I was first pregnant um, with my son, my youngest, his name kept popping up in all the research that I was doing, along with a couple other people like Dr. Emerson and I, um, Frank Lake, like all of these people who kind of started this revolution around nurture science. Mm -hmm. And that is like, you hear that today is like exploring the science of nurture and how how far we've gone off path. And Carlton taught people around the world how there's a story, an emotional-based story to every single one of our souls that come into this planet and that it's sacred and profound and so vulnerable. And I know Carlton, maybe that's why you can tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and what got you into listening to babies.
3: You know, I I started realizing that <clears throat> the more vulnerable a human being is, if they're met with a challenge or if they're hurt or injured, it goes in deeper. Mm. It, it, it just isn't, there's not a lot of protection. And so <clears throat> we don't, you know, in my world, we don't really start with birth. We start much earlier. But I like to start with birth for most people, because everybody can relate to birth. Birth, you know, everybody has a birth story. They know where they were born, they know what their parents have told them. Um, often their birth story is not the same as the birth story of the parent.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, uh, and we can find that the that the birth story is really encoded in the body and you know for years now there've been a lot of very convincing arguments that the that the mind exists throughout the body it's not just in the brain and that our feelings and our emotions exist in our body and now more and more people are giving credit and really waking up to the I- whole idea of implicit memories Yes. And implicit memories are deep, strong memories held in the body and in different parts of the body. And we can map them and find them. We can find out how old they were. We can find out where they came from. We can do all this wonderful stuff now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what happens is if you've been hurt or traumatized or deeply challenged, an implicit memory forms. And in fact, trauma memories actually form uh, easier and more densely and more quickly than, that. you guys know this, than uh, love or beauty. Uh, So if if we get hurt or uh, or there's an intense issue that happens or if there's a lack going on over a long period of time, what happens is that there's a place in the brain and in the body that sort of has to take over and say okay this is this is how things work you know I got through this difficult traumatic experience by putting my head down and pushing with all my might Mm -hmm. and then the brain goes aha this is how to get through life we we -hmm. put our head down we push with all our might and then we we get we get through this is one of the common ones but there are, are Hundreds and hundreds of programs like this that we can uncover and look at and understand, um, and our the way the psyche works is the psyche wants us to to wake up and 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 work on these things. So it's always giving us an opportunity. It sort of knocks on the door with an implicit memory and says, uh, "Hey, you lost your keys again," <laughs> you know. And you know where does that come from? Why am I always losing my keys? And then how do I feel when I lose my keys? Am I scared? Mm-hmm. Am I sad? Am I sad? And these programs really can take over our brain, like you guys know, and have us react rather than respond to the actual environment we're in. And that's what I love about you guys' work is because I, I can see you. Um, working with someone with where they're at in their head. And that's where m- we mostly are. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, brain physicists will tell you 90% of what we live is actually in here. It's not out there, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's not our actual environment. And our our actual environment is usually extremely safe and manageable. But if we have a program that we need to put our head down and push because we feel some danger um you know we might put our head down and push and just bump into the car in front of us because they're not going as fast as we are (laughs) you know or stay you know what if you're standing in line at the grocery store and you feel someone breathing down your neck i promise you, you 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 can turn around and you can look and you can tell they have signs from when they were programmed that compel them to do that. It's not even a choice. They just they just do it. They do it. Their body does it. And I think for me the deepest part of this potential of this work is if we can give kids and babies what they are asking for. And we need to understand it. It's not always what they're asking for with their words. Mm-hmm. It's often what they're asking for with their actions and with their sounds they're making. But if we we can give them what they need, and usually we can, usually it's a pretty simple gift. Mm -hmm. They feel happy and safe and fulfilled. And suddenly the stress goes out of the situation. And we weren't even talking about the symptom. You know, Mm -hmm. we were talking about something underneath the symptom that we just happened to catch because we had a little bit of training. Mm -hmm. So I feel like our job together is is to look at the training we can do, help people see what's going on at the real level underneath the symptoms, or underneath the crying yes. because someone had pitocin, or underneath the uh, resistance because somebody had forceps. When well, we can look at the human being underneath and how they got programmed, and and I call them, I don't know, some I think somebody came up with this this. Phrase I love it. It's called hostage-taking neural networks.
0: Mm, yes, I've
3: heard that. They're the ones that run most of our lives. Yep, and are most of our reactions. And guess what? When we find one of those, it's really easy to talk them down and have them let go,
2: mm. and
3: change the brain on that level. So I'm looking yeah. forward to a collaboration because I feel like our our work really fits together in a way that can help actual families have sweeter, fuller lives. They're happy. And uh, you always, if there's one, especially if it's the baby, if there's an unhappy baby who's not sleeping, you know, everybody's just miserable. But if you have a happy baby, if a happy baby, everybody's in love because you love Happy
2: babies. So-, so, oh, Danny, you have your... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wanted you know. to
1: share on that note because the work Paloma and I do, it's really about looking at certain movements, right? And so for my own son, he had an asymmetrical crawl, of course, because, you know, our kids come in to teach us so much. And a big slice of humble pie was served on that day. And, you know, because I'm in the brain business, I know that crawling means so much. (laughs) And of course, my child has a kickstand crawl, which signifies primitive reflexes aren't integrated. But I have been working with him for a very long time. He's almost eight years old now. And When I met Carlton and he did a birth mask reveal, and I learned what happened at my son's birth. I mean, I had a home birth. I did everything as I was supposed to. I went very holistic and tried so hard to be perfect, right? And I had to do everything right. And that pressure from society, right, of having to hit every certain thing perfectly – And then realizing that, oh my gosh, he possibly broke his nose at birth. And then that explained the breathing, which actually is connected to everything else. It gave me a whole new insight as to how many different things have to come together to help support us, our children, the family, the home. And so I think this is such a beautiful resource of of just looking at things through a different lens of, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was a thing. And it was so impactful.
2: You bring up a good mm-hmm. point, Danny. And this is like the story that I left off um, before introducing Carlton about my son is my daughter and I were doing brain balance essentially um, and brain re- reorganization movements together when I discovered writings about Carlton Terry. And I happened to be in a class um, with one of you know, my teachers Kate White, who was a student of Carlton's, and she had learned about these baby baby movements and how babies may be telling a story with their bodies, where they're touching themselves, or how if they have a kick six a kick stand <laughs> move yeah. crawl, mm-hmm. how they may have um, been positioning them- themselves in utero, and it all of a sudden dawned on me, you know, my my daughter had a C section birth. And we had this fallout of so much and Carlton telling the story today about the program of pushing. Mm. That's me. Mm. I'm a, we mm. use the word, you know, direct recapitulator, but I was the, the rev, like always stacking my nervous system with more. It went even when it wasn't necessary. And my daughter was feeling this in my space, but before I could actually do the the somatic work, if you will, with my son or before the, like the light bulbs went on, I had to like rescue myself. Mm -hmm. And I was doing this program, which was like really helping to calm my nerves. I was, you know, I was also training in cranial sacral therapy, which was a huge healing episode for me for a number of years. And then I could see that my son was set up in this same environment But yet, because I was starting to unravel compassionately, like really starting to understand, oh my gosh, there's a deeper story to myself. There's a deeper story to these emotions that I'm having. There's this implicit memories that I'm starting to unpack from my own childhood. It was like, wow, now I'm seeing this bigger world. And I was able to hold my son differently than Mm -hmm. I had with my daughter, Mm -hmm. um, And by the way, I don't want anybody to feel like she's left out, like she's an amazing, thriving, awesome human being. (laughs) We we just we went through a number of years with with no sleep and a lot of high anxiety. But I have spent years helping her settle and she's finally come there. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting. I just want parents to not have to go through so much work. Yes. And, And what we what we're setting ourselves up for. And what we teach at APA is that our birth scenarios of basically how little support there is for women in and around birth for their bodies and their emotions is that there's also very little support for women and babies afterwards and like how we actually birth babies. And I'm going to, I'm just going to use the word trauma Mm -hmm. because all of these disconnections or disorganized brains are asymmetrical holding patterns or whatever you want to call it implicit memories triggers they all come from overwhelming experiences mm-hmm. and and literally we've had a few thousand years of overwhelming experiences for humanity and so that's mm-hmm. why we have this program like we're we're like we've got our blindfolds on and we're just looking at what mess we have to clean up in front of us and not like living this full encompassing life that is like settled and we feel at ease, you know, there's a lot that we have to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I I love how your program gets people on their feet. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yes. it's like,
2: okay, all right, now I can take some breaths. But Carlton, I'm wondering more about this, compassionate connection that you uncover about how babies do experience trauma in the womb? How, what are some tips, if you will, that you offer in your practice and that you teach practitioners to help mitigate trauma for babies in the womb and even after birth?
3: Well, there's a a lot, There's, there's loads of stuff and it all helps. And I, I just want to go back for a second, because uh, Danny said something so important about the pressure from society to give a good birth, to do a good birth, to be a good mom. And, oh, my God, I, I you know, I'm, I can say I'm an expert on moms. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure I have met a mom who said in front of me and said, I did the perfect birth. Yeah. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. Everything went you know and it breaks my heart because i know the precious aspect of the of the the feminine the feminine archetype the nurturing archetype i mean diana is one of my favorite uh, goddesses right mm-hmm. you do your very best when you're giving birth all the way through it with the choices you have with the pressures you have, with the surprises you have, if you're in a hospital, with the other kind of pressures you have. And so a big part of our business is is getting moms to just like, oh, well, I don't have to forgive myself because I didn't do anything wrong. Mm. And when that moment enters a mother's body, something melts away and we can always check it we could check, well, let's check with your husband does she need to apologize for anything she did Ooh. during birth i've never heard a husband say yeah she screwed up never
1: <laughs> yeah
3: never wow. I've, I've 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 and i've i've seen husbands who pass out while right. they are giving birth
0: yeah
3: <laughs> I've, I've asked babies i've asked babies who can talk and babies who can talk with maybe body language do you do, 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 do does you do you just you mother need to apologize for anything and babies are like what they don't it it doesn't even register so part of our love for the feminine and the maternal the 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 madonna okay the madonna is you did your best so where are you holding your shame or your devaluation of yourself, it's usually tied to some earlier guilt. We can find that. We can untie it. We can let it go. When you can let go of your inappropriate, improper guilt or shame over giving birth, all of a sudden, a lot of the stuff that your kids do that upset you doesn't bug you the same way it doesn't stress you out because you've you know it doesn't have anywhere to land and yes you're in a much more real relationship with your kid when you're just talking about them getting their shoes tied mm.
0: right? that's so real i feel like that's i mean danny you and i've had this conversation a million times about exactly what carlton just said and that's why we love the fact that once again, that we all came together, right? Because what we're doing is we look at it from the neurological perspective first. That's the very first part of our program is getting you out of that survival mode where you're not hyper-focused on the negative. You're not looking at everything as a threat. Every single thing yeah. your your husband says, the person that cut you off in, in traffic, the thing that your kid did that's just triggering you, right? Mm-hmm. That is also, of course, from an emotional perspective, it's processed as you know, it's trauma. It's going back to your trauma. It's hitting your triggers, hitting those wounds that you have within you. But from a neurological perspective, when you go into that fight or flight mode, you're throwing your whole body into dysregulation. You are ready to, you know, get out of that life or death situation when it's not, it's usually not a life or death situation, right? It
3: feels like it in here exactly that's the function of implicit memories they literally make you feel like it's happening now yeah, it's exactly. Not happening now, but that's how they function. And, uh, yeah, and
0: the brain is very smart, but it's also not so smart in certain ways because it can't always tell what's real and what's not, right? So, it's you know, the primitive brain doesn't have logic, doesn't understand what's going on, doesn't understand. Oh, yeah, this is just my phone, and it's a message that somebody didn't answer. It's not life or death, right? The mm-hmm. brain, the primitive brain, is just prepped to survive and to keep you alive, and that's why it's so amazing, right? We we yeah. come from a a place where we trained that. They were looking at the primitive brain in a very negative way. It was like, no, say no to that primitive brain. We don't want that around here. It's like, no, we do want it when it's appropriate. When we yeah. need it, right? And so when you're walking down the street and there's a car that's gonna run you over, you want that fight or flight mode. Boom, kick it immediately. In. Yeah. I mean, please, whatever you need to do, right? But it's, it's an
3: option that you can choose when you need exactly. it.
0: Exactly. And that option to choose comes from being able to have that regulation first. And then the other piece, which is where we really come together, all of us, is looking at the subconscious, right? And that's the second part of our program is looking at all of these subconscious beliefs that you're talking about, Carlton, is the the implicit memories, the trauma, all those things, mm-hmm. they're stored all over. And so, yeah, yeah. And and so the first step is getting out of survival mode so you can address the rest of it. And
3: that's why we call it enlightenment. Yes, it's just like, uh, you know, who was Sartre said? Uh, no, who was it? Young, you ha- You don't get enlightened by studying images of light. You, you get enlightened by shining light into mm-hmm. the areas where there's darkness and see what's yes. in there. And we can do that. We can tiptoe into that. We can look at it. We could be there with it safely. And it can become our friend. Mm-hmm. And, and here's Absolutely. the thing that happens when we get hurt, when they're, when we're little, there's a body hurt that happens somewhere in the body. But there's also an emotional component. It's called prosody. It's a feeling. It's like, am I sad about this? Mm-hmm. And that emotional prosody, that, 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 that emotional, psychological, content is like glue and it holds together the mm-hmm. somatic pieces it's one reason you can't just work with uh craniosacral therapy alone and have the same results as if you're working with craniosacral therapy and releasing the emotions that are attached to it and dealing mm-hmm. with those and knowing what they are and so what we try to do is you know uh, craniosacral people, osteopaths, a lot of baby therapists are, they're elbow deep in the, in the birth canal with the baby, and we want yeah. them to, know where they are, you know, are or, or is the baby in a rotating position? Is the baby stuck? Is the cord involved? And we can mm-hmm. find all of this out now, and that gives us a huge amount of confidence in what to do next and how to apply what we know with uh the the, with with the safety of knowing this is what the baby is telling us to do yes
1: that's why you want to say do we do we know how to
2: listen to our babies and what are they saying right (laughs) and that that's exactly that's exactly right paloma but carlton just for those who are listening and may be like wait what how are how is he understanding if there's a cord involved but this is the process that Carlton you use is is birth regression research and this is mm-hmm. the foundation of um, this concept comes from implicit memory that these memories are stored in your cells not just in your brains and that they can be activated
3: and in- there are somatic markers too so you have That's- two routes to follow to get there
2: yes there's cues or signs that Baby show with their body and even in relationships with their caretakers and how they respond. But there's specific, um, training that you go through in order to recognize these languages that you're talking about. I mean, you've dubbed it baby body language. I know we have, um, all sorts of tools that come with it that somatic based practices or regulation tools that incorporate polyvagal theory or as you say cranial sacral therapy there's different modalities that support how to decode the story that Mm -hmm. somebody is showing in for a baby they can't talk to you like verbally but they can show you energetically
3: the (laughs) the beauty of it is they can't talk to you, and therefore, they cannot mislead you. Mm. <laughs> if I, I go like to a doctor and I'm talking about my symptoms, I may not be talking about what's wrong with me. Yes, but Baby's talking, they're showing you exactly what's wrong, and they're telling you exactly what they needed. Pure truth coming straight from the source. There's no persona involved. There's no ego involved. They're just, help, I need this. Attention right here. And they show you <laughs> right where it is.
2: Yeah. Oh, well that's, I mean, that's, that's why I read your book all the time. New parenting can Thank change you. your world because it also says less stress, including the cure for colic, because we actually in therapy with, with babies, we can tell by their cry, their prosody of their cry, um, what emotions they may be feeling and how we can map that back to a very specific time during the birth when um, or their birth journey, right in the womb, of what may be happening to them in their environment, what may be happening to their caretakers, because um, babies remember these things, and it's
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's programmed in. So I yeah,
3: ex, not explicitly but yep. implicitly they remember implicitly. them, and there's there's such a clear difference now. Finally, this language is getting into the our our, our world, you know, explicit yes. memory. Um, I had a cup of coffee when I was talking to those guys. Implicit memory was my hand knows how to get the coffee up to my mouth. I'm not even thinking about it. It's just yes, my body right. does it.
2: <laughs> I was one of the um, pioneers in the pre and perinatal sciences, who's an embryologist, um, Yap Vanderwall he says the embryo within us is always present, you know, our younger selves. This is, you know, the whole idea of the inner child journey. We -hmm. carry this youngest part of ourselves. You even said it, Danny, when Mm you're explaining, you can tell how they move, where they've left off in their development or where there's what we call in our terms, ruptures. Mm-hmm. And where those ruptures are like little landmines are emotional triggers waiting to be found, like Carlton said, coming knocking on your door because healing always wants to happen. And mm. I'm just so grateful that all of us have been able to come together. And I, this is a preview of our talk that we're going to do at APA during birth psychology month in, in March, next month, just a few weeks away, but March 22nd. We will all be coming together to give a little bit more in depth um, details of exactly what we're talking about, specifically how maybe even these postures in the womb are Mm -hmm. leading to what you see in your work, like this the crawl and the primitive reflexes that aren't inhibited. So I know we're going to explain and uncover more details. um, So stay tuned. And Carlton, we can reach you through ktbabytherapy.com. Yeah. I'll and Danny and me. how do we get in touch with you guys at In the Cortex?
1: Paloma's got that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do I do the contact piece. Um <laughs> You can uh, our website is in the cortex.com. You can always email us at hello at in the cortex.com. And our social media has so much information. If you wanna if you're a video person, we have so many videos on there. Uh, our Instagram is in the cortex underscore US and our TikTok is in underscore the underscore cortex, and we have tons of info there.
2: Oh, that's great. And I me signing off with Appa, we're at birthpsychology.com. And again, I'm the director of education there, and I am so pleased that all of us could get together, and I'm excited about what future endeavors that we have as our worlds start to collaborate and unfold into understanding how we can build more compassionate connections with ourselves, with our children, well, with everybody. So let's get on board with this whole nurture
1: revolution.
2: Yeah? Like I know- uh,
1: I'm so excited that this information is starting to get more mainstreamed and it's not as crazy. And even me having my kids four and eight years ago, I was so lost. I was focused on the things that we thought we should be focused on, baby registries and that sort of stuff, when (laughs) I wish I did a whole lot more work on the emotional (laughs) stuff and really diving into the importance of the pre and perinatal psychology, because that's what really matters. That stroller you're going to outgrow in a year, you know, like two, (laughs) (laughs) but those, those thoughts are everlasting. And, you know, I love that these conversations are being had and we are forging a new way for parents to find this. And I know there's a huge sense of people wanting to get on board with this. And I love that it's accessible and it's really, not too crazy. And like we talked about before, you don't have to have a crazy degree to really understand what's happening in the communication aspect. So we're excited to be a part of this. So thank you.
3: This is one thing that feels so important to me is that when you use the word science, it scares people. We say pre and perinatal sciences. I don't feel like I ever talk about anything that's not self-evident. And Mm -hmm. if I am, Mm -hmm. if I have to describe it, then I start doubting. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if it's self-evident and, and you can believe it and you can feel it in your body, that doesn't mean it's not science.
2: Oh, oh I love that. So Carl, real. And, well, and it it gets back to the root of what's broken. Mm-hmm. And that is our connection to ourselves as fully functional gods, goddesses, whatever you like in complete control of ourselves that we yes. have intuition And by human design, all of this information is within us. We just have to unlock our hearts. Yeah. Oh, I love that.
0: We love that. That is 100% the way that we feel as well. We could talk about this for hours.
2: (laughs) This is, I'm excited. We will return um, in March on the 22nd. So join us again for a deeper conversation about what is your baby telling you? And are you listening? Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. All right, that was our episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to do our little outro. So remember, if you are ready to sign up for our brain reorganization program, use promo code BRAINIAC to get 10 bucks off your very first payment. And please subscribe, share this episode, share all of your favorite episodes with your friends. Let's spread the word that the brain can change and life can get so much easier. Let's also... Follow, well, follow us on Instagram at in the underscore US. We have TikTok at in underscore the underscore cortex. And Facebook is un- in the Cortex US. Remember we also have video. If you're watching this is a video, you know that this is already a video. If not, if you're listening to this, you also can watch the video version of our podcast on our YouTube channel, which is also in the Cortex US. And make sure to email us if you have any questions, if anything's coming up. If you want to set up a free 15 minute call, all of that info is on our website it's in thecortex.com. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week.